0: This is Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities, taking a look at the wheat markets for Thursday, March 7th. Well, Wheat markets took another hit yesterday, getting almost back down to those spike lows from a week ago, and now this morning we're getting a little bit more follow-through selling. So we are at those spike lows from a week ago, something I did not expect to see. But here we are, and it looks like, from a fundamental standpoint, it's kind of hard to find a reason why The market would uh, fall apart again yesterday, but the funds were pretty aggressive sellers. And what we've seen on the Commitment of Traders reports are that the funds have extended their short positions, especially in Kansas City, where they're near a record short there, not so much in Chicago. But still, from a technical standpoint, the funds are just uh, kind of feeding on this weakness, and it's just generating more sell signals. So unfortunately, the wheat market, unable to stage much of a rally or what, what bounce we did get, get any follow through really at all on that. It stabilized a couple days and now here we are back down under more pressure. The, um, we also had an outside day lower, which is not a technical good sign either. And again, getting back down to those spike lows uh, after a snapback last Friday just spells trouble from a technical standpoint. In the other uh, grain markets, corn also starting to buckle. We had gapped higher here a few days ago. The markets had held above those gaps. And now after yesterday, we're back down below them. So we kind of gave up a small bullish formation in the charts, and that got wiped out yesterday as well. Soybeans uh, continue weaker. You know, the, the problem is, you know, Twofold, I think for wheat, part of it is you just don't have any announcement of an agreement with the U.S.-China trade negotiations. Soybeans have been leaning very heavily on the expectation that we'll have something and that China will buy yet another 10 million tons of beans. There just seems to be a lot of sticking points, and these have been addressed quite a bit in, in previous podcasts, but in general, you know, China is just, they simply cannot change their, their policies that fast to satisfy US demands when it comes to intellectual property or corporate ownership that's not going to change in in two or three months it's just not possible those are those those require legislative procedures and China, of course, is not a democracy. If the government doesn't want to do it, they're not going to do it. And, you know, we gave up some of our leverage when we extended the deadline. And, you know, we asked that China remove tariffs. You know, why would they? Why would they remove a tariff and remove some of their leverage if they didn't have to? So as, as time moves on and we just every day don't get any confirmation of, of really any progress other than the rumor that the two presidents are going to sit down and, and sign an agreement here in a few weeks. Well, you know, we'll see. Uh, but in the meantime, the markets are tiring of of, of waiting to have some concrete uh, information from those uh, negotiations. Now, we had export sales out this morning pretty good number for wheat, 826,000 tons, well above the high end of the range of estimates from two to 600,000 tons, which in itself is a pretty wide range. But, you know, the markets have been kind of burned before. So we are seeing wider trading ranges in all the grains as far as export estimates. And again, we just beat it pretty, pretty well. Hard red winter wheat made up 317,000 tons of that, Egypt was 55,000 tons of that, and so a total of 38% of the the sales went to hard red winter wheat. In spring wheat, 26% of the sales went to springs at 211,000 tons, soft red winter wheat made up 21% of the total at 172,000 tons, and white wheat 13% at 108,000 tons. South Korea has been a pretty active buyer, especially of the white wheat. And again, I think that's displacing stocks out of Australia where they had even a worse production season this year than they did last year. From a weather perspective, it looks like uh, we're still seeing temperatures be below normal across the central plains and into the western part of the Midwest, much of the eastern half of the country for that matter. But they are getting some rains that' supposed to move through the central plains and into the midwest. So it's if they're raining, obviously it's warm enough to, to melt some snow. And I think that that'll, that'll go a long way toward kind of clearing off some of the snow cover that we've had through the central plains and into the Midwest as well. But temperatures are still cool. You know, here we are March 7th. Usually you're breaking dormancy in Kansas within the next week or so. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. It's been cool. They've had snow and so it's probably going to be a late season, which is probably not all that bad. There'll be plenty of moisture available to the crop. Now this crop is in a fairly stressed state as it went into dormancy. uh, Plantings were late. uh, Growth was minimal in wheat. There was very little grazing done as a result. And, you know, so you want a mild, abundantly moist spring, not flooding, but moist spring. And uh, it looks like at least that's, it's going to be slow to get started again. It will be cool, but at least it won't be hot and dry. And I guess that's the one upshot of that. We don't have any weather premium built into the Kansas City or Chicago markets. Obviously that market has imploded over the last couple weeks. So, you know, you you could see a rapid turnaround, but again, the market's not looking at this. It's not looking at a, a production problem at this point. And again, there's much, there's plenty of moisture available and it's, you know, dormancy is going to take a while to get uh, get broken here over these next few weeks. So it's going to be slow to develop a weather premium. Markets going to have to see something, some stress events or have crop condition ratings uh, take a hit and so far they've been well above last year. So this morning we got wheat markets lower. Kansas City and Chicago both are down five. Minneapolis is unchanged. So if nothing else, the spreads with Minneapolis and the winter wheats continue to move higher. That's been uh an, an astonishing run over the last three weeks. I think there's more left in that tank, but uh it's certainly due for a pullback. And maybe the last couple of days is all we're gonna get of that pullback. It was a slight retracement of that spread, but now we're back into new highs on that spread. And I again I, I think Minneapolis will continue to be your better performer, unless you get some production problems showing up in Kansas City, then I think both of them are going to move higher because the market's going to quickly turn to spring wheat to try to buy some acres back into the mix. So we'll see where that takes us. You know, we're in transition now from focusing so much on demand, <clears throat> and that's evident with export sales having been quite robust. When we finally got all the government data, they were well above expectations. This week another well above expectations. And the market can't seem to muster any kind of energy. It's just on its face. And even small bounces just don't get any any tag along that you know nobody comes up behind and continues to buy the market, pushing it higher. Even with a, a very impressive export sales number it it's just the market just can't seem to get off the mat. We're looking at Russia having another 8 million tons of wheat to sell over the next few months. That's a huge wet blanket over the market. And apparently Europe has some left to sell as well, but it's mostly Russia looking at, you know, trying to, you know, push their the remaining of their last year's crop out into the export market. I think it's worth noting that the government has been selling quite a bit of their government intervention stocks into the domestic market because of record high prices in the interior of Russia. So the government's going to be at pretty slim levels when it comes to stocks and if the exporters continue at the pace they are, you know, Russian ending stocks are going to be fairly low. and, and Importantly, government stocks are going to be very low. It's, it's worth noting. Obviously, it's not a market mover, but uh, you get some hints of trouble, and I think it quickly changes the fundamental picture and structure of the market. But that would have to develop down the road. For now, the market seems to want to take out those lows. In fact, is, in the process of doing that here with this morning's trade. So we'll see where we go, but obviously the market has not found its bottom just yet. If you have any questions, feel free to call me at 1-800-888-9843. This has been Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities.